amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear
Wonderful rendition, Evan. Thank you, and thank you and Haley both again for being here and helping out leading our musical worship during the day today. Well, since our liturgy takes us first to the Old Testament reading of Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 14, it is the sacrifice of Isaac. Hear now the holy and inspired word of God. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he set out, and he went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked on together, and Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hands on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Our message today is going to focus on the New Testament text from the Gospel of Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You know, when you're on the road, uh, heading on vacation or on a work trip, 
And you're at the end of a really long day's drive and the sun has set and it's dark and you're tired and you're looking for a place to stop and rest. Nothing gives you that sigh of relief more than to see a bright neon sign on the horizon cutting through the darkness that says, Holiday Inn. Like a lighthouse calling the sailors to shore, that familiar lighted logo is calling you to rest. And if you're really lucky, there's an IHOP or Denny's right next door. (sighs) Welcome home. But you know, sometimes that late night welcome is a little bit different. Let me tell you a story. True story. Years ago, when my late brother and I were little kids... My saintly mother and my beloved Aunt Peggy, and many of you know them, so you can picture this in your mind, those two sweet little old ladies. They were taking my brother and I on a trip to Washington, D.C., and we had reservations at the Holiday Inn. Now, of course, there was no GPS at that time, so Aunt Peggy saw a Holiday Inn sign, pulled off the ramp, pulled up to the Holiday Inn, the Holiday Inn But the door was locked, parking lot was dirty, and there were bars on the windows. And I remember rolling down the window of the car and listening outside as Aunt Peggy went up and said to the man who was there behind the bars, well, we have reservations. And the guy inside, the guy behind the bars, he said, lady, you have got the wrong place. I believe there was a different kind of holiday going on inside there than the holiday that we were on. So Aunt Peggy got back in the car and off we went back on the interstate. Eventually we found the right holiday inn right there on Capitol Hill. And there wasn't a Denny or an IHOP nearby, but we found a restaurant as well. Now the point is both of these places had bright neon signs that said, welcome, essentially. But the welcome at one was a very different welcome than the one at the other. Now, there's a lot of welcoming going on in the Matthew scripture that I read today. I mean, just listen to the first verse that we read. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. I mean, man, that is a lot of welcoming. Welcome is a very important characteristic in Scripture. And, of course, in church life today. Welcome means to offer hospitality. To welcome someone in. To make well their arrival. A welcoming spirit is a hospitable spirit. Now, in the Oxford Dictionary, here's what hospitality is defined as. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Friendly and generous to guests, visitors, and strangers. Many of you know me. It's no secret I like to eat. I spend a lot of time in restaurants. Nancy and I dine out multiple times a week. Yes, just last night and probably when we're done here today. The restaurant industry is often called the hospitality industry, and the best restaurants indeed offer the best hospitality. They are welcoming. Their signs are bright. They encourage visitors. They make it easy for you to be seen and to navigate the menu. 
to feel comfortable asking any questions that you may want to ask. The thriving restaurant is always expecting new people. Strangers are greeted warmly, directed to a good seat, fresh drink and warm bread are offered even before the newcomers ask. All questions are answered, no matter how small or trivial. And there is nothing that intentionally excludes anyone. No insider jargon, no assigned seats, no dress code, nothing that creates conflict, nothing that excludes. It is as if those good restaurants are expecting you to come and glad when you do, and that's how a good restaurant does it. But if hospitality means come on in, we still see a lot of facilities whose welcome signs are not so welcome. No shoes, no shirt, no service. No kids. No pets. Well-meaning and maybe necessary. But still those no signs are very far from welcoming. Let's be honest. There are some places that are basically saying, we really don't want your kind here. I think Christians and churches need to be alert to what our signs are saying. We all want to be and believe that we are welcoming, but all, all are all of our signs saying that? Or do we still post unintentional signs that say, no shoes, no shirt, no service? <clears throat> now I got to tell you, personally, I thank God for grace because I sometimes smile and I say, come on in, when I don't mean it. I'm thinking, you're dirty, you smell, you're loud, you act weird. Welcome, friend, I say with a wide smile. But inside, it's really okay if you just walk on by. Now look, that's just me. Hopefully you're not as cynical as I am. But I confess that sin and I accept forgiveness and I am more aware and try to do better the next time. I worry that our entire society is becoming more inhospitable. We are increasingly divided by our politics, race, ethnicity, sexual preferences. We don't want your kind here. I hear it subtly, sometimes not so subtly, expressed right here in our own town. James Lowen has written a book, he called it Sun, it's called Sundown Towns. It tells the tale of, quite frankly, a not so long ago time and in not too far away places where entire communities proudly displayed their inhospitably, uh, inhospitably with signs. Now the signs are gone now, but once they were a part of America's roadside culture, posted along the highway at a town or county line, a blunt reminder of the rampant racism of a time. Most of the signs in the Sundown City book begin with the offensive N-word, don't let the sun set on your back. In Colorado, he found signs that said no Mexicans after night. In Connecticut, whites only within city limits after dark. And in Nevada, the ban was included, expand to include, and forgive my language, Japs. All told, Lowen said he found evidence of more than 150 sundown signs in 31 states. And I can tell you, 
there was at least one local town that still had such a sign up in my early lifetime. We are more circumspect now, of course, but in many ways those signs are still around. For Christians, we need to be especially alert for signs and symptoms of bad attitude in our lives and in our church. Christ told us to welcome the stranger, to call the disadvantaged, to embrace the hungry and the homeless and all who are alienated by society. And when we welcome someone to our church or in our daily lives, we are supposed to not just welcome, but to welcome with the spirit of Christ. Verse 40 today in our scripture. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. In Matthew 14, Christ told his disciples they would not be welcomed everywhere. They would be turned away. They could expect to experience the same hostility Jesus himself often did. For he is sending them out, as he said in Matthew 10, like sheep into the midst of wolves. He told them they could expect to encounter persecution and trials. For a disciple, he said, is not above the teacher, nor is a slave above the master. But Christ said to the twelve, when you are welcomed, those who do welcome you are essentially welcoming me. And through me, they are welcoming God himself. For we Christians, welcome is infinitely deeper than just, how do you do? We need to offer the true sense of hospitality. To be, to be hospitable is to create that space to make room for strangers. It is an intentional act of welcome. Not just a concept we think about, but it's an act that we do. Hospitality is the opposite of guarding your own turf, protecting your circle. Hospitality is making room in your circle for others or maybe erasing the boundaries of the circle altogether and being happy about it. In 1 Peter, we hear this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling. If we grumble or complain while giving food or lodging to someone, we really haven't shown biblical hospitality. Hospitality is the glad reception of the stranger. Christ himself said, For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they answered, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And Jesus said, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Now, Erica is always inviting us to invite a friend to church. I remind her, I really don't have any friends, so... I think all of my ramblings this morning are just to remind us that we need to do more than invite. We need to welcome. With true hospitality in the full spirit of the risen Lord.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to welcome your Son, Jesus Christ, into our lives here in this sacred space today in our service of communion, the sacrament, we pray that the Spirit continually opens our hearts to true hospitality, that the signs we show outwardly reflect the signs of hospitality in our hearts, not just in worship, not just in this building, but in every day of our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.